Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams. And I'm Hunter Jacobs. And you're listening to the Hoop Ball Nets podcast. So we're back with another episode. Last week, we said we're going to record the podcast on KD's injury and when we think he's actually coming back based on all this new information and speculations and everything like that. And this is that podcast. But before we get into everything, let me just hit y'all with the intro. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. You can look up Brooklyn Nets or Hoopball Nets. Either way, we come up. Press that little subscribe button and leave a five-star rating and review. It takes like two minutes for y'all, but it helps us out a lot. So make sure you leave that rating and review. All reviews are getting read on the podcast. And uh, speaking of reviews, we actually have another one, a new one, our 30th rating and like our 18th review. And here it is by Michaela Gabrielle. It is entitled Love It, and it says, amazing podcast, super entertaining, and these guys know their stuff. Love this show. Thank you, Michaela. Me and Hunter obviously appreciate it, and uh, we want the rest of you to be like Michaela and go leave us some support, reviews, ratings, whatever it is, constructive criticism. We're down for whatever. Shout out to Hawaiian Oscona Coffee Company for sponsoring this podcast and every other hoop ball podcast. You can find them on Twitter at Hi Kona Coffee. That's Kona with the K. And make sure you go grab some of their products off Amazon. And lastly, you can follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNets and uh, tweet at us uh, some recommendations, some questions, some statements, anything y'all want us to know or hear or just talk to us about. We'd love to hear your feedback and responses. So let's get into everything. We know we said that this episode is going to be solely about KD, and it mostly will be, but right before we get into that, let's just cover a few tidbits of information that came out. So on the last podcast, we said that we want the Nets. We were just predicting that the Nets were going to play on Christmas Day and predicting who we thought they were going to play. Turns out they don't play at all on Christmas Day. They decided to go with the top four teams in the East. Yeah, so it nothing is confirmed yet, but when Shams and Woj tweet something, it's basically confirmed, and the NBA schedule has kind of leaked out, and the Nets don't play on Christmas Day. Instead, the Christmas Day matchups are... Is the Celtics and Raptors, Bucks and Sixers, Nuggets and Pelicans, Lakers and Clippers, and Rockets and Warriors. So the Lakers and Clippers were is obvious. Obviously, those two, they also play on opening night, so everyone knows we want to see them play each other. And Warriors and Rockets is one that we predicted. Warriors, Rockets. So we were two for two. And then uh, we did not predict Pelicans and Nuggets. I'm guessing they did it, did it because it's two young teams and two young, talented teams. So there we go. The Nuggets are most likely going to be way better than the Pelicans come the Christmas of next season. Pelicans are the most confusing one. I guess it's because of Zion, but... It has to be because of Zion. 
But to play the Nuggets, that's such a weird combo. That's what I'm saying. It has to be because it's two young teams. No relation there, really. And then we were predicting the Nets play the Celtics, but instead the Celtics that's match it. up. It's not the, the Nets that the Celtics would play the Sixers, but it turns out they are playing the Raptors for some reason. The only reason that they are playing the Raptors is because the Raptors are the defending NBA champions. The Raptors might not even make the playoffs next year. Like it, they, Most likely they are going to make the playoffs. So if any Raptors fans are listening, relax. You guys are most likely going to make the playoffs. But there's, it's, it's not set in stone. They're not a lock for the playoffs. Like Let's say in December, they could be like the ninth seed and they're going to be playing on Christmas Day just because they won the chip and the Nets aren't. Doesn't seem fair to me. There are people thinking that Pascal Siakam is really going to take like an MVP type of leap. Yeah, okay. If I, the day that Pascal Siakam becomes MVP, I, I I never see it happening. He'll be an all-star probably. Maybe like a once or twice, maybe even three-time all-star. But MVP? Come on now. When you still have people like Cat that have never won an MVP, even D'Lo never won an MVP, Anthony Davis has never won an MVP. Like, come on. Pascal Siakam is not leaping over all of them. And then the last matchup is Bucks sixers I mean... If the Sixers didn't play the Celtics, we obviously knew the Bucks were going to play on Christmas Day. So there you go. Obvious matchup. And so then the first time, another schedule leak revealed that the first time uh, Kyrie goes back to play the Celtics will be November 27th. It was revealed by Shams. That's the same day Anthony Davis and the Lakers go back to play the Pelicans. So it's basically in the first couple of months of the season. And this... Kawhi to Toronto's is much well not much later that one's only December 11th but Westbrook's is not until the new year in January on January 9th so November 27th should be a uh you should mark that on your calendar if you're a Nets fan because obviously we want to see Kyrie destroy the Celtics unless you're a Celtics fan and then uh another tidbit of information DeAndre Jordan an article on him actually came out and it was all revolving around him adapt like adapting his game to fit the Nets fast up pace I mean upbeat play style so he's improved as a free throw shooter he shot 70.5 percent last year and like 77 percent when on his stint with the Knicks and he's improved his free throw percentage every year since the 2014-2015 season when it was like 35 percent so and Andre Drummond used to be the staple for Hackashack Hackashack you know of them have improved that facet of their game a bit. DeAndre Jordan went as far as to say that he used to hide on the court because he was so afraid of getting fouled and maybe losing his team the game. Yeah, but also it's like he used to focus on shooting too much. Now he just lets it come to him instead of thinking about how he's got to shoot the ball and, oh, if I miss this, if I make it, then that. He just... I feel like he's become, he's gotten more comfortable as a player. Yeah. So so that obviously lends to him improving in all aspects of his game. And not only does he want to improve from the free throw line, but he also wants to uh, start shooting more threes. Yes. Uh, and not that he will, but similar to how Jared Allen shot a few threes last year, we could see a couple attempts like that from Jordan. And let's keep in mind, like, it's not out of the realm of possibility for someone that wasn't always a a stretch big to develop into one. Brooke Lopez wasn't always a shooter. And now he's one of the 
most okay. noticeable. Wilson was a shooter. He wasn't a three-point shooter. That's what I mean, a three-point shooter. He wasn't always but a three-point shooter. Jordan was nothing but a dunker. That's why it will be so difficult to even picture him hitting threes. If DeAndre Jordan could come out and, and his peak average, like, 32% from the three-point line, I say that's not even that. that. That's a success for me. That's what Joel Embiid averages. Try again. What do you mean? I, Joel Embiid is a good – not a good, but I would take him. If 32%, he would be the next best stretch big. Okay, but I'm saying it's unreasonable to think that because that's what Joel Embiid shoots. He'll be somewhere in the 20s likely. Okay, but even still, I just want – the best case scenario for the Nets would honestly be DeAndre Jordan – or Jared Allen, any either one of them, developing into some type of stretch big so you could play them together. Because right now, I don't see how you're playing both of them together because they basically do the same thing. Rebound, play defense. But if one of them can shoot, it can become some type of threat to defensive defenses from beyond the arc, then you can play them both together. But with all of that being said, let's get into the KD stuff. So, Kevin Durant obviously signed with the Brooklyn Nets. He... Tore his Achilles playing for the Warriors back in the NBA playoffs. And it's been up in the air whether or not he'll miss the entire the entirety of next year or maybe come back. Well, a user named RBNYNYC11 um, posted on NetsDaily.com a whole slew of information basically stating that he believes or she believes that KD will be back before the end of next season. And just saying, KD's already been seen walking around. That Yeah, I, I was going to get to that later, but we might as well talk it's about it now. Solid progress. He So TMZ captured like a video of him five days ago walking in LA with no crutches. Of course, he was limping, but still walking two months after he tore his Achilles with no crutches whatsoever. And he, there's been pictures and videos of his vigorous rehab process he is obviously working very hard to try and hit the court at some point this season at, at and he was posted on social media right now well he was seen walking without any crutches but he can also he's also only using one crutch to stand and there was another picture that showed him standing on both feet without any crutches which is still crazy to think of in two months so this user on Nets Daily noted a whole bunch of stuff, but I basically broke it down into just a couple of small items, basically bullet pointed it, outlined it. So he noted that Achilles injuries take took the largest tolls on players who were right-handed and tore their left Achilles, such as players like Kobe, Rudy Gay, Boogie Cousins, Chauncey Billups. All those players tore were right-handed and tore their left Achilles. Well, Kevin Durant is right-handed and he tore his right Achilles, just like uh, Dominique Wilkins, who arguably came back just as good, if not better, than he was before. When you think of Achilles injuries and people that have come back in the sport of basketball and been and been able to match the level of production they were putting out before they got injured, Dominique Wilkins is the first person you really think of. And so he came back the next season, Dominique Wilkins, and averaged 29.9 points per game, which was the third in his third most of his entire career. He got seven rebounds and shot 46.8% from the field and 38% from three. So all in all, that's an all-star season easily. Even in today's NBA, that would be an all-star season. So he came back just as good, if not better. 
So the user goes on to say that Durant jumps off his left foot so he won't lose the explosiveness and mobility that he once had and stated that right-handed players are historically left foot dominant and vice versa. That's the thing. On jump shots, typically you walk into a jumper on your left foot. You plant on your left foot. When you go out for a layup, dunk is with your left foot. That's why all the players on the list before were so hurt by the injury because they can't do simple things that they're used to dunking the ball laying it up pulling up for jumpers it never feels the same when it's your right foot yes your right foot's important but it's the lesser of the two and it's the same thing for lefties well a lefty will often go off their right foot for stuff which is why if a lefty tears their left Achilles, it will probably have the same impact. Exactly. So he also brought up the fact that Durant was able to walk off the court on his own power while other players needed to be carried off. With the exception of Kobe, my man went up there, drained the two free throws. He's just a monster. But the majority of the other players had to be carted off, carried off, lifted off something. Durant walked right off the court, which goes back to saying that He's used like he's used to using his left leg primarily, and that leg is fine. So he then goes on to bring up how athletes in other sports, mainly football, have recovered from torn right Achilles, and he names Demarius Thomas, Terrell Suggs, Brent Grimes, Michael Crabtree, and Dan Marino. So me, I went and I did like extra research to to really dig into whether or not these players came back good, better, or worse. And when you think about it, it's football which is way more physical than basketball. These players get demolished, hit almost every single play for a total of like 48 minutes. So I'm not going to lie. The football stats, although still relevant, it's kind of harder to gauge that because think about it for a receiver, for Crabtree and Thomas. If you're on the right side of the field, you're still pushing off your right foot in a route most of the time. It's, it's going to be random which foot you're using dominantly. But you're still planting both legs when you're, you're still planting both feet when you're running. Those are just players. Are those players who just tore any Achilles or specifically their right one? That's players who tore their right Achilles. I feel like in football, it could just be the injury in general. See, so I feel like he named these players because they tore their right Achilles, so it would match more. It would match more closely to Kevin Durant tearing his right Achilles. And and I still feel like it, it relates because in football, you're still having to plant both of your feet and cut super quick, super hard, super fast. And you might people might take out your right leg. People might take out your left leg when they're tackling you. So I feel like in basketball, you really don't have to worry about somebody coming in, taking you up and slamming you down on your bad leg. Yeah, I just... I don't know that the opposite leg effect is as serious in football as in basketball. As it would be in basketball, yeah. But for me, I just wanted to go back and see whether or not these players actually came back good because I honestly had no clue. So we'll start with Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas, he tore his Achilles, his right Achilles. All these players that I'm about to name tore their right Achilles. So he tore his Achilles in 2011, and the next three years after, he put up 10 or more touchdowns and at least 1,400 yards and made four Pro Bowls. So obviously, he came back a monster, and 
However, he did tear his Achilles last year in 2018, but that was still seven years after the fact. So, And in between the two injuries was the prime of his career. Exactly. So the injury didn't actually harm him much in his career. It actually was the start of his legacy. Exactly. So second, we have Dan Marino. And I also put the ages of three of these players because – People might say, oh, but KD is 30. He's about to be 31. Uh, he's probably way older than all these players. No, Dan Marino was 32 when he tore his Achilles. Um, I know football is different. That's why for Suggs and Grimes, it's more relevant than Marino. Quarterbacks go till they're 40. Yeah, that, that's what I'm, I'm just, I just wanted to put it because he's the oldest one on the list. So Dan Marino, 32, tore his Achilles in 1993. Next season, came back. And threw for 4,453 yards and 30 touchdowns, and he made the Pro Bowl the next two years. So he made the Pro Bowl up until he was 34, came back from a torn Achilles at 32, and still had a monster season. Then we get to Terrell Suggs, which I tweeted out. We, we tweeted out from the Twitter. He was 30 when he tore his Achilles. He came back in five months, had 10 sacks, and made the Pro Bowl. That is insane. So yeah, five five months is is crazy because to get sacks to have quickness off the line, you need to push off both of your feet at some point. And Terrell which, Suggs is, is a violent pass rusher. Yeah, he was just either fighting through the pain or he recovered extremely fast. Five months, so it's already been two months since KD tore his Achilles. That say KD was on some crazy Terrell Suggs comeback timeline, he'd be back in three months. Three months from now, September, October, November, he'd basically be back like right before the Christmas break, probably. And if it was around Terrell Suggs time, that would be insane. Now I'm not gonna sit here and predict that KD's some type of superhuman and that he's gonna come back in five months. But I'm I just saying, the earliest the the earliest earliest that kd could ever come back is after the all-star break i believe so too because one even if he was good by christmas or saying that he was good by christmas i don't think the nets would risk it because there's no reason to if he's good by christmas then he'll obviously be good by the all-star break and unless they're struggling to get in the playoffs then there's no reason to play him but then we have uh brent grimes who's 29 he was a cornerback, still is a cornerback. Cornerbacks are get super physical with receivers, jamming them at the line of scrimmage and stuff like that. And he, 29 is actually pretty old for a cornerback. Exactly. He tore his Achilles in 2012, came back for the next three seasons. He played no less than 15 games and made the Pro Bowl in all three. Now, I know there's a clear difference between the NFL's full season of 16 and the NBA's full season of 82, but still, he was able to play – a physical, super physical sport for the majority of the season. Only missed one game in three seasons. So it, it should all bode well for KD. Obviously, in the NBA nowadays, is rest management, but he should be good coming back. And then lastly, we have Michael Crabtree. Michael Crabtree is arguably the worst of the players on this list. Yeah, it's not that, it's not that he's, he's good. He, he's all right. He's, he's an average NBA. He's a sorry receiver. No, he's, he, he's an average player. Yeah, he's an average uh, like NFL Harrison receiver. Like Barnes of the 
of the NFL. The Dwight Powell. <laughs> like, he he averaged – oh, no, he didn't average. He tore his Achilles in 2013. He came back. He played 16 games each of the next three years. So he played a full season for the next three years, and he reached over 900 yards in two of those three years. He never made the Pro Bowl in, in his entire career. Not like 900 is a huge achievement, but, like, he was still playing – he was matching his career averages, is what I'm trying to say. Like, yes. he didn't get any worse. So he came back at the same exact level as he was. Yes. So in all five of those instances, the player came back at least good, if not at least as good, if not better, than they were before. So things are boding pretty well for KD. And then the user goes on to talk about a whole bunch of brain stuff about alternate hemispheres of the brain controlling opposite regions of the body. So the left hemisphere controls the right side and vice versa. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to know what any of that means, but just in case y'all wanted to. It's just that the left the left brain controls the right part of your body and the right brain controls the left side. And that's, that's really all it is. It's when, when you tear... Break it down. Break it down for us. When you tear your right Achilles... It affects the left brain because it can't, it doesn't have the same, your leg doesn't have the same mobility because it's, it can't work. That's why he's in rehab right now. The right brain off his left leg is still functioning the same exact way because his body is still perfectly healthy. Boom. So there you have it. If y'all want to go look up the exact specifics of what the user said, we retweeted it. Uh, it's on our Twitter, so go check it out. He then goes on to say that the media is overstating Durant's injury timetable because Kobe Bryant, Rudy Gay, and Wesley Matthews were all back in eight months or less, and they suffered uh, way more hampering injuries or way more severe injuries than Kevin Durant. The most impressive one on that list is actually Wesley Matthews because he's still playing at a similar level to what he's always been. Yeah, he's still an average NBA player. He's going to start for the Bucks next season, probably. Exactly. And finally, he proclaims that Durant should be back around the All-Star break and will be, this is the kicker, he'll be 100% come season's end. Now, stating that KD will be back by the All-Star break is fine. But stating that he'll be 100% because Kevin Durant at 100% is the best player in the NBA. So stating that he'll be back to 100% come time for the playoffs is huge. Because if that's the case, now... I mean, I think it's possible because if he'll have two months of playtime, think about it. So Karis LeVert, I know it's a completely different injury, but in terms of how, how gruesome it was, it looked pretty similar. He came back around February, around the All-Star break. And he wasn't 100% until right when the playoffs hit. And that's when he, you started seeing flashes of his good self again. So it wouldn't be out of the question for KD to hit around 100% right in the last games of the season into the playoffs. And if the Nets come into the playoffs, let's say barring any other catastrophic injuries, the Nets come into the playoffs with a fully healthy Kevin Durant and a fully healthy Kyrie Irving, then we're talking NBA championship hopes. Easy. Right, let's let's say they end up as the fifth seed, okay? And they're playing. Just say they're playing the Raptors. Okay, that's an easy smoke. No, I'll say the Pacers. Uh, let's say 
they're the four seed and they're playing the Pacers at five. That's an easy clap. <laughs> They'd probably win that regard. The Pacers are getting but, demolished. But then when they run into the 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 Bucks in the second round. Hey, I'm taking the Nets in six. Let's match it up. Who's the Bucks starting point guard? Hey, we saw what Bledsoe did to that fool this year. Okay. <laughs> okay, so let's say Kyrie versus Bledsoe. We all know Kyrie Irving wins Look, that Kyrie one. Is better, but this guy needs to show that he's better than Bledsoe before I say he's better than Bledsoe. Cause... Let's give him the benefit of the doubt, though. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay, sure. Kyrie, Bledsoe, boom, Kyrie. So we then have Karis LeVert versus who? Who I don't even know who the Bucks starting two is. Wesley Matthews. That is a that's destruction at its finest. So there we go, Karis LeVert over Wesley Matthews. We're two for two right now, and then we get KD and Giannis three for three because KD. Uh-uh. What? Oh come on now. Off of an Achilles. Come on now. Can't say he's going to be a hundred percent. This is off the scenario. This is based off the scenario that KD's hundred percent. It's really not all that different that you're like three for three. Not that that uh, KD is not better than Giannis. Come on now, half of the game is really not all that different. All right, so even if we give okay one, KD's ten times better than Giannis. No, 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 ten times is a lot. Oh yeah, he's that much better. KD is a better offensive player than Giannis. KD's a better player than Giannis. No. Yes, what? He's a player, when you're talking this about is the most blasphemous NBA. thing you've ever said to but me. The best all-around players. When you think about it, the best all-around players in the game. I'm gonna ask you a yes or no question right now. Why, Giannis? <laughs> I'm gonna ask you a yes or no question uh, right now. KD better than Giannis? Yes. Is KD a better all-around player than Giannis? All around. Yes or no? Like, yes or no? All-around player? Yes or no? Think about what you just said. You're dancing. You're dancing around the question. Who's a better rebounder? Uh, We don't know. I guess you can say Giannis. I guess you say passer? KD. Excuse me? KD. Giannis runs the whole offense through him. If KD was on there, he'd do the same thing. Don't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget. KD was on the Warriors. The defensive end. KD. KD's clams. What? Bro, KD what? is clams. Giannis was almost defensive player of the year, buddy. K- okay, he, he didn't win it, did he? Nope. He was in the top three. KD is clams. Who's a better shooter? KD. Who's a better scorer? KD. Got on him. Who's a, better, who's a better playmaker? KD. Playmaking is pretty even. Who has a... No. No, no, no. <laughs> who has... Who has a better basketball IQ? KD. That is true. But Giannis takes two steps from half court, and you're going to tell okay, me. Okay, we're talking court. about athleticism. Okay, who, who's who's more athletic? Giannis. Okay, cool. Who's longer? Giannis. Who cares? KD is better than Giannis. Okay, but even still, back to the Bucks. We'll we'll match it up even, even, sure. We're two. We have the better point guard and shooting guard, and we have the even small forward. And who's the four? All right, Torian Prince versus Chris Middleton. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Why would they're going to start Chris Middleton at Chris the four? Middleton's going to be at the three, but Giannis is going to guard KD, and Middleton's going to guard okay, Prince. Okay, so cool. So might as well match it up like that. All right, cool. But what if? So all right, let's give them that Chris Middleton over Torian Prince. But then so we now have two one and one in favor of the Nets. And then we have Jared Allen. Or DeAndre Jordan, either one, versus who? Brooke Lopez? 
Either way, we win that one. What? Bro. Bro, come on. We're really going to say that Brooke Lopez is that nice based on one fluke season, maybe? better than Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan. No, he he may be better than Jared Allen. No shot he's better than DeAndre Jordan. Better than both. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, he's not, bro. Oh, my God. No, he's not, bro. Okay. Okay. So, let's go to bench. Let's go to bench. Yeah, two, two, and one going to the bench. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Who's who's stopping him? Who's who's matching up with him? George Hill. Body destruction. Body bag. Who's next? Who's next? Even hmm? on the Bucks bench. Exactly. We don't even know because they're trash. No, they got people. I Who they got people. then? They got people. Who they got? Look up the the Bucks <laughs> roster. You think I know the whole Bucks roster by heart? All right, let's look up the Bucks roster. Bucks roster. Let's see. So obviously no, we got this is only round Thanasis. two. We're gonna oh, Thanasis. Thanasis. Corver. Okay. Who cares? Corver. Joe Harris. Oh, we didn't even we didn't even say Joe Harris. Oh my God. So Spencer Dinwiddie and Joe Harris versus Kyle Corver and and who do we say? Kyle Cor- Kyle Corver and George Hill. That is destruction. And then Pat- Robin Lopez versus Jared Allen. Oh, we that's three for three. Who? Sterling Brown, John Luer, Luke May. Pat Connaughton and John Luer. Okay. Dante DiVincenzo. Yeah, he's going to score 30. So uh, there we go. I think it's pretty even. It's pretty noticeable that the Nets win that series. And then who are we so got? They're moving on against the Sixers, the probably. Sixers or Celtics. The Sixers, probably. I don't know that they're getting. I don't want to hear this bench nonsense. Match up the starting lineup right now. Match up the starting lineup of who? The Sixers ben and the Celtics. Kyrie. Oh, the Ben Simmons in the Nets. Oh, Ben. I mean, Sixers in the Nets. All right, Ben Simmons, Kyrie. Even. I want to. Kyrie's better than Ben Simmons, but even. I know people are going to say Ben Simmons is so nice. Okay, so even, even. Richardson and Caris Levert. Even. 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 Even though Josh Richardson is not as good of a scorer as Caris Levert. Okay, even. KD and who? KD and who? Tobias? Yes. Body back, KD. So then we yes, have three, KD two. KD is way better, but it's not like Tobias is trash. Okay, yeah, but still, KD's the best player in the NBA. So then who All do right, we have? Horford, Torian, Prince, Al Horford. Okay, Al Horford. And then Joel Embiid. No, Embiid, yeah. Okay, obviously. And so we, it's 2-1-2 two, and two in favor of the Sixers. And then let's go to the bench, please. Spencer Dinwiddie on Zaire Smith. You win. All right. Okay, Joe Matisse Harris. Joe, Joe Harris on Matisse Thibault. I told you, the bench doesn't matter. They're going to play the starters. James Ennis, Furkan Korkmaz, Jonathan Simmons, Jonah Jonah. Bolden, Mario Shayok, Shake Milton, Kyle O'Quinn, Raul Neto, Trey Burke. Forgetting the bet. Yep, Trey Burke. There you go. And who? who, Haywood Highsmith? (laughs) Haywood Highsmith. Who is that? I don't know. Who is that? (laughs) I don't know. But uh, let's say it's the Celtics. Let's do that quick matchup. Celtics versus Celtics versus Nets. Yes. All right. So we obviously have Kyrie versus Kemba. Kyrie. I know even. you're gonna start and say even. even. No even. shot. No even. shot. If you call Ben Simmons even and Kemba's as good or better than Ben Simmons is even. All right. Fine. 
Taco Fall versus Karis LeVert. <laughs> that, that's not our two. Jalen Brown versus Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert. Karis <sighs> LeVert. No, oh, that is just not true, but okay, next. Kevin Durant versus Jason Tatum. Come yeah. on now. Gordon Hayward, Torian Prince. Honestly, not that far apart. But Gordon Hayward. Not that far apart, though. Gordon Hayward. All right, Gordon. I can't wait for your answer here. Enos, Cantor, Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan. Uh, combined? Oh, let's do it like this then. Enos Cantor and Taco Fall versus Jared Allen. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Enos Cantor versus Jared Allen. Enos Cantor is a better offensive player. Enos Cantor is better than Jared Allen. Enos Cantor. Not by that much. Not by that much. Enos Cantor is not going to decide a series now. Enos Cantor versus DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan. You fool. Enos Cantor is not going to decide a series. So let's go to the bench because I know you're fiending to say Carson Edwards. Carson Edwards. Yeah. Oh, nope. I'm fiending to say Marcus Smart, Dinwiddie, even. Okay, fine. Even. Joe Harris, Carson Edwards. Oh, you ain't seen what this guy can do yet. I don't want to hear that. There's no shot. Carson Edwards is coming in and averaging any more than 10.3 points per game. Okay. No shot. Okay, and Joe Harris on the bench is not still going to average 14 points. He'll probably average like 11 on like 45% shooting from three. 11 versus 10.3. All right, but Joe Harris cut. End the game. Carson Edwards cannot. Joe Harris get hot, that's game over. You know what this guy can do? He can walk in and be Damian Lillard for all we know. Come on now. That's black. We ending the podcast right now. This man just said Carson Edwards could be Damian Lillard. We don't know what anyone can be. Trayvon I would, can I would like bet Gordon. my left arm. No one knows what anyone can I do. would bet my left arm that Carson Edwards is never going to be Damian Lillard. What's his ceiling to you? Um, let me think. Cool. His ceiling, Carson Edwards' ceiling, is probably something like Dennis Schroeder. You are a fool. How? His ceiling is prime Isaiah Thomas. What? The man yeah. that almost averaged 30 and was an MVP candidate? In that season, yes. That's it. That's going to be the You're peak in. of his career. <laughs> you are the fool, my friend. If you, you don't know what this guy Carson Edwards can do. You have not watched him. I saw uh, him at Purdue hitting every shot he took. Step back in someone's face. Uh, waiting for it to go in. The summer league? How much did he average in summer league? Oh, this guy had a, a great summer league. He was hitting impossible shots left and right. Who was the Summer League MVP? Brandon Clark. Oh, he's going to be nice too, right? Yes. Remember Josh Josh Hart? Josh Hart was just Summer MVP. What happened to him? Hey, Josh Hart's a role player in the NBA. Yeah, so that's what Carson Edwards is going to be, a role player. Behind Kemba, yeah, until he nope, takes for the rest of his career. Four years. And then let's get back to the matchup. We have one of the centers that doesn't start against Robert Williams. Against Vincent Poirier, actually. Is that much better? You don't know this guy. He's a rebound. Okay, so now everyone in the Celtics, no one knows. Nobody knows who everyone in the Celtics is. Nobody knows. But regardless. Regardless what? That have a good enough team. What? What? what, Javante Green? What's he going to be? Prime Michael Jordan? 
That guy is not even on our team. Max Struss. <laughs> he He's our two. It's Max Struess. He's a two-way guy. <laughs> oh, okay. So there we he go. To be in the playoffs. Brad Wanamaker. Prime LeBron, okay. maybe? All right. All right. Now let's hear this. They go to the finals and see, see the Lakers. Now what do you have to say? <laughs> let's match it up. <laughs> go ahead. Okay, so the Lakers starting one. It's either going to be LeBron or Quinn Cook. LeBron. It's LeBron. All right, so LeBron is going to be guarded by KD, so, though, so let's just match that up. LeBron, KD, even. even. Boom. Okay, two, Danny Green. Danny Green versus Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert. Nah, I know. I know. Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert. Karis is better than Jay LeBron. <laughs> not say he's better than Danny Green. It is. It's Karis LeVert. And then we have, well, we already said LeBron, so I guess the point guard versus whoever their point guard is. Kyrie versus say Kyrie Irving Quinn versus Cook, I guess. <laughs> Kyrie versus Rondo or Quinn Cook. Sad. Sad. Regardless, Kyrie. regardless, they win. And then Anthony Davis? Oh, let's say Kyle Kuzma, maybe? Kyle Kuzma versus who? Torian Prince? Kuz. Kuz. And then Anthony Davis versus Jared Allen. So it's two. Destruction. Two, it's two, two, and one. Okay. And then the bench. DeMarcus Cousins versus DeAndre Jordan. Hey, unless he proves something to me, that's even right now. Okay. And then who else? Who 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 else? Me, who else you got? I'm a Lake, I'm a Lakers fan. Can't even think of the roster right now. Rajon Rondo. Uh, oh, right, Avery right. Bradley. Avery, Avery Bradley. Bradley versus Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. And that's Dinwiddie clamps though. That's clamps. Bench. All right, huh? Rondo. And that's clamps. Dinwiddie's gonna get clamped by Avery Bradley. Oh my goodness. Rajon, I feel like the Nets fans were behind me until we got to this one. <laughs> Rajon Rondo or Alex Caruso versus who? Oh my god. Don't forget about I'm my boy. Goodness. Don't forget about my boy KCP, Quinn Cook, Troy Daniels, JaVale McGee, yeah, Taylor, Taylor Horan Tucker. Oh, we about to have yeah. We got um uh, Jared Dudley. He about to come off the bench. Super on his name. He about to come off the bench and square up with KD just like he did with Jimmy Butler. Harris, Karooks. All right, who is Karooks better than? Come on now. Who is Karooks better than? Troy Daniels. He's never going to play. He's never going to touch the court. Aylin Horton Tucker. Regardless. Is Caldwell Pope. Regardless. It, so let's just be honest here. It's AD and uh, LeBron versus KD and Kyrie. But that, that's what it is. And a better supporting cast for the Nets. So then you've made my point in that the Nets win the chip. Uh, but I don't know that they'll get there. That's the thing. And what if they play the Clippers and not the Lakers? If they play the Clippers, then we might have a little bit more of a uh, battle. But regardless, if the Nets have KD, they might they, their chance of winning the chip goes from 40% to 75%. You're right. It it does help, obviously. Like that's a pretty clear statement to make. So boom. But bottom line, based on all of the information we just said, when do you think KD comes back? And I feel like I've asked the question, or the question's been asked to multiple different people about a thousand times. But I will say a specific date of March first. March first. You think KD's back? And what seed? What do you? Th- what what seed do you think the Nets are when he returns? Six. I think the Nets are the sixth seed. Okay. Behind the 
same five that were ahead of them this year. When does the playoffs start? When do the playoffs start? April? Uh, end of April, yeah. End of April? All right. KD comes back. The last mm, – no. There's no point at that point. Yeah, you, pro- you probably named the perfect date. KD comes back, right, fresh off the All-Star break. I'm not going to say March 1st because I'm not going to copy you. He comes back March 2nd. and I thought you were going to say February 28th. <laughs> He comes back. He comes back March second, and uh, he's nice. He's probably plays. Tw- he's on a minutes restriction of probably twenty two minutes, twenty three minutes a game. By the time we get to late April, he's playing thirty minutes a game again. Net when he comes back, Nets are the fourth seed. I'm saying when he at the end of the season, Nets are the two seed. Boom. Won't it be great when we say all of this and he doesn't play this season at all? <laughs> I'm deleting the podcast. You'll never hear from us again. Yeah. <laughs> but with that. That's going to do it with this episode, guys. We hope you enjoyed. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. You can look up Brooklyn Nets or Hoopball Nets. Either way, we come up. Press that little purple subscribe button. Leave a five-star rating and review. All reviews are getting read on the podcast. Shout out to Winehouse Corner Coffee Company for sponsoring this podcast and every other Hoopball podcast. You can find them on Twitter at High Corner Coffee, H-I-K-O-N-A Coffee. Make sure to uh, buy their products off of Amazon and let them know that Hoopball Nets sent you. Follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNets, and you can follow us individually. I'm at Adams underscore, if you don't know how to spell Najee, N-A-J-E-E, or it's in the little description of the podcast. Hunter is Hunter underscore J-K-R on Twitter. And with that, we'll see you all next time. This has been a HoopBall presentation. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.